Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing a hell of a lot better today than I was the prior 36 hours. Feeling feeling really, really good today. That's good. That's good. Everyone drink water. Drink a lot of water. Just saying. Yeah. Um, um, unsuspected kidney <laughs> stones that pop up on you when you had no idea they were there, and you cough while you're taking a whiz. If you're not careful, your dick can look like a goddamn hot dog that was microwaved oh. for about 30 seconds too long. Oh. If you guys are still here after that. Uh, Let's just yeah. say I was in a lot of pain, but now I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's very funny. It's disturbing, but it's funny. In hindsight, it's funny. In the moment, <laughs> I was begging to die. Fair enough. No, fair enough. Um. Guys, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Hi. Um, but what Josh and I do here is we talk about two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, what have you. We give our thoughts and impressions, and then we give a grade at the end. As a fair warning, we do bring up spoilers from time to time, especially like how we're going to have to with Dark. And um, uh, there are some themes within these shows that maybe you don't want to hear about. And we get that. Um, so, you know, you feel free to kind of skip or, or move forward in the show or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's generally the idea for the show. And, uh, I don't think there's really any real heavy themes in this one that we need to skirt around or anything. Well, I don't want to skirt around any themes in general. Uh, yeah, yeah. but like, I, I do have a friend who, who is, who has a very strong, uh, uh, not wanting to hear about suicide. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I think you so, and I are referring to the same person. Right. But, you know, like what he does is he just stops listening to that thing or stops. He just kind of ignores gotcha. it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and I want, I want to let everyone know, like, sometimes there might be something we talk about in these shows. Like, like let's say talk about, you know, Jessica Jones season one. There are themes in that that I think a lot of people might have rough time hearing. Yeah, because um, there were, you know, themes about rape. Right, right. So, because of that, if you didn't want to hear about that stuff, feel free to go move on. Yeah. Um, uh, we totally understand. Is my point? That's that's literally it. We understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we're not going to be talking about anything like that in this episode, as far as I know. Uh, I was trying to think if there's anything in Jessica Jones, but yeah, no. Anyway, no. So the two shows we're talking about that we've kind of alluded to already in this episode is Jessica Jones Season 3, which is the final episode of any of the Marvel shows on Netflix, mm-hmm. including Jessica Jones, and uh, Dark Season 2, which is a German-produced uh, uh, drama. Um, again, both shows are late into their, into their runs-ish, and there well, is going to be is, spoiler talk. This so. is Season 2 of 3 of Dark, so... Right, We're going right. to get one final season of that. Which I didn't realize that, that that was the case until you sent me that, Josh. I was just like, 
How? I feel like there's so much more to tell, but all right. Uh, they they intended it to be a three season story arc. So I'll put it this we'll way, find guys. Out next year, I guess. When we get to dark season two, there's literally something that happens in the final minutes of the final episode, and we have to talk about it. So if you haven't watched dark season one or season two, go do that and then come back. Uh, it's because I'm just going to tell you right now, it's really worth your time. That is one of my favorite shows that we've watched for um, this podcast. It's a wonderful, pleasant surprise. It I, will I, make you think. It doesn't take, you know, it, it doesn't play down to you because it will answer your questions in the end. But at the same time, it doesn't let up on throwing things at you. And it's a it, yeah. fun thing to speculate about. It's a it's a smart show for smart people, and if you're not paying attention, if you're not being smart watching it, you're going to get lost straight up. Yeah, but like, I, hate, can... I hate to put it that way, but it's it's the fucking truth. Anyway, we're not here to talk about dark right now. We want to talk about Jessica Jones season first. Jessica Jones season three first. All right, was that the yeah case? yeah Jessica Jones season three? Uh, well, you know, we reviewed season two last year, and we both. Both thought that there was a bit of a letdown compared to season one. Um, season one's outstanding. I, I think I think it went out on a high note. Uh, yeah, it's not as high as season one, but definitely a better note than uh, season much two. better note than season two. You know, I thought it was a strong, solid finish, uh, and could be a definitive finish. You know, that no cliffhangers. Everything seemed to be wrapped up, and it was left open ended. It's just like okay. You know, yeah. The only thing I'll say about how kind of the show's structure and how it ended was that they definitely wrote it to the extent of like maybe we'll see her come back, maybe. Yeah, um, but even if not, it's a satisfying end. Well, because like that's the big thing about these shows, the Defenders series on Netflix, is that they are part of the MCU, and people know that they're part of the MCU. So if, you know, Luke, Iron Fist, uh, Daredevil, and, and Jessica Jones come back, they'll either be in other produced shows that'll be on probably Disney+. Plus. Um, well, they'd be on Hulu. Why would they not be on Disney+. Plus? Because Disney owns a 60% majority share of Hulu now, with the uh, acquiring of the Fox Studios. And also, they have said there will be no R-rated content on Disney+. Plus. Any of our oh. darker content will be on Hulu. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's, yes. the, that's the one that makes sense. The other one, I'm like, I don't see how that matters, per se. But um, And here's the thing. The Punisher wasn't included in that original Marvel deal. It was a spinoff. So if they want to, they can pick up with the Punisher right where they left off. Which is fantastic, because honestly, like, it's... It was easily one of the best shows that they had done for that show, for that series, for all the Defender shows. Um, But yeah, those characters are canon to the MCU. And I know that they're going to be doing a bunch of shows MCU-wise for Disney+. Mm -hmm. Um, And realistically, these characters don't have to be done. They could be added into the larger sphere of things, but... For this season alone, 
Um, it really delves into the friendship between uh, Patsy and Jessica. Um, like, how strong is it really? Oh, and that kind oh of stuff. Trish, yeah. Sorry, yeah, not Patsy, my bad. That was her character. That's that what her, her mom name. always called her because, you know, her, her real name was Patricia, but her mom got her a sitcom when she was younger, and it was a long-running thing, and she was a child star. And they my called brain. her Patsy instead of, you know, Patricia. Well, because my brain, like, like the, char- the comic character is is Patsy. Um, the Trish, I don't know where that came from. Short, shortened from Patricia, just like Patsy is. She just wanted to break away from the Patsy name. Well, I mean, yeah, for the show, I get that, but I'm talking about, like, for the writing purposes. Like, why, like, why do they go that route? Unless I just don't know the Wildcat character that much. Like I thought I did. Well, she is a very, like, D-list character anyway. Oh, uh, so is Jessica, technically. Yeah, Patsy Walker. I guess her real name is Patricia. In the comic, yeah. okay. But yeah, she just she's Patsy Walker in the comics. That's why I call her Patsy. I think it was kind of done to separate her from Sorry, the, okay. you know, make her more of uh, a different character from the comics than this. Although when, you know, if you guys, if you remember from season two, how it ended, she was in a brutal accident and she was about to die and the doctor that ended up doing the experiments on Jessica that gave her and her mother their powers he experimented on Trish and she gained certain powers as well heightened senses more than anything yeah. uh, agility uh, better vision especially at night she could see in total darkness uh, which is why in the comics she adept- adopted the Hellcat name because her abilities were that of a cat, essentially. Yeah, or yeah. at least that's how they could be perceived. And uh, and when she was trying to find an outfit to wear in the show, and she goes in the costume store and she's trying on various things, and the last one she had tried was the actual comics Hellcat costume, and she's like, yeah. "Oh hell no, that was funny." Yeah, no, that was a, that was a, like uh, it was funny, but it's also a bit cliche to what I've seen before when it comes to uh, these shows doing that joke. Like, I've seen that joke before in the, in yeah. the Marvel shows. Or not even just Marvel shows. Well, but like, Luke Cage did it when he broke out of the facility on that yeah. island, and he was pretty much naked, and he had those fucking gauntlets on and that headband from the thing, and then he grabs those clothes off of that clothesline and put it on, and it's like a callback to his old 70s look. Well, that to me made more sense because it was it was integrated into the story, into the plot of what was happening. Her well, doing I mean, that was just like this was too. It was just a little nod to it. It just wasn't as well done. I don't think that's my point. It just wasn't as well done. Not that I'm knocking the show for a brief fucking two second moment, but um, it wasn't as like this is the greatest thing ever. Like I didn't think that ever watching it because I was like okay. <laughs> but um this show concentrated a lot on Trish. Like a fucking lot. Like this season. 
In the past, like, there was some concentration on her, but not nearly this much. Like, this was a really good character study of her. It really was, because it was more, it wasn't just Jessica's story in this, it was both Jessica and Trish. And how they were, how their relationship was fractured at the end of season two, um, how they came to have to rely on each other in this season, and how their viewpoints, you know, Jessica sees the gray in things and knows that you have to do certain things a certain way, and some things you, you know, not everything's black and white, and Trish is very black and white, and then becomes more aggressive, more aggressive in that ends justify the means kind of approach, and it really put them on a nice, uh, nice at odds, uh, confrontational plane. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, they're they're. the dichotomy between the two of them. Their different approaches to things really, really help the story in this way, I think. I agree with you. I think um, it it was very interesting and kind of nice to see how when Trish wanted, like, Trish wanted to be a superhero, whereas Jessica doesn't. And the the kind of pull and, and, and essentially tear between them in order for that to be a thing was... It was very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I would argue that they, they did it better than uh, than other shows have done it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's well. Let, let, let's talk about the villain this season. Oh my god, he was probably the how do I put this correctly? Least interesting thing to me. Really? Yeah, I loved him. What? How do I put this nicely? I'm not the world's biggest fan of normal people who don't have powers fucking with powered people. That's very uh, uh, Lex Luthor. They were just like, what if this guy was Lex Luthor, but, like, not rich? Okay? Alright. Don't get me wrong, the actor did a great job at playing Psychopath, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he was. I thought he was well done. You know, he was a step ahead of them at every at every turn. And when and uh, when Jessica's finally about to close in on him and take him down once and for all, you know, Trish's overzealousness and eager to just eager to take him out is kind of screwing everything up, and then putting them behind and. He's playing them off of each other like that, and he discovers, you know, what's going to push Trish over the edge, and he does it. And, you know, she goes down a bad path as a result. I I really enjoyed how it went. Uh, I, liked, I liked his character. I liked his arc. I liked, you know, the... And I'm trying to describe this without story, without spoiling anything, because there's some major things that happen. And, you know, in the end, where everybody ends up, I think, is exactly where they needed to end up. You know, at the end of last season, you saw Malcolm. He's working for Hogarth, and you didn't like what Malcolm had become, because Malcolm was awesome. His his 
his character arc in the first season, what he came from and what he ended up becoming. It was great. And then you see him kind of have that dark turn. And then in this season, he finally gets back to being more of himself, figuring out who he really is. Adding, let me, let me put it this way, Josh, adding a villain like they did for this show felt wholly unnecessary. Um, hmm. to the extent and the idea that when, certain aspects of the characters kind of interact with one another or do something with one another. Like when Jessica has to talk to Trish about something or they're, they're at odds with one another about something or something with Malcolm is coming up or Hogarth is coming up. All of that was, was fine. It was, it was fun to watch. It was entertaining. But then you add in this like arbitrary fucking serial killer villain. And it's like, well, I don't, Okay. I think you could have told this this whole story without him, a hundred percent. And I've seen his character before; he was nothing new. And because of that, I was so just like, all right, whatever. Like it's a fucking psychopath without powers. Okay. Like it, there was just nothing to it for me. See, for me, I think he helped to fuel all the shit that you know the. The things that made them buttheads, the things that but made here's them... But here's my problem with that, Josh, is that the idea of that he's the catalyst to cause this stuff takes away from how original it could have been had they just, I guess, to an extent, to an extent like, had it happened naturally. Because to me, it feels like they wouldn't have done this stuff without him. But I feel like they would have without him, by the way the characters were kind of developing. Well, over time, maybe, but when you have limited time to set up a certain thing, I think him as an accelerant was perfectly acceptable. I disagree. That's all right. You can be wrong. It's okay. I, Josh, I swear to God. (laughs) I just feel like it was an uh, an unnecessary, arbitrary thing to add to the show, and and for me, I I would have much more preferred Jess Jess and uh, I would have preferred the other characters to have their conflicts and problems naturally, and not have some some rando ass bad guy there. Like it just seemed weird. Um, the conflict didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because. There was nothing personal about him to any of the characters. He was just... He, he made just it personal. He made it personal when they made it personal. I don't... It's not what I mean by that, Josh. I mean, like... Other villains and other DC shows have a connection to the character. There's, there's, a, there's a direct connection that, like, a, a past or a history that makes it hard to handle that thing. Like even with the with the purple man, like Jessica was dealing with him uh sorry, Jessica was dealing with him like in her mind entirely. And he clearly was still there. Um like he's never like that's the point of that whole scene, by the way, is that he's never technically gone. Um But it what what made that personal was that it was her own personal struggle. This guy didn't have a connection to them at all, period. He just hated powered people. And mm. I was like, 
Okay. That, that That's what I found refreshing about him. Here's this guy. He can't stand anybody having an advantage in any way. He comes from a, you know, meager background and became such a uh, an achiever in multiple fields. And because of his intellect, he thinks he's superior. And that's that's his goal. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to take her down a peg. She's not a hero. She's a cheat. She's a fraud. I like that. I thought that was a cool way to use him as... Uh, you know, not somebody tied from her past or tied to her in any way. I and thought my, it was a refreshing my, aspect. My problem is that I found it a, the exact opposite of refreshing, due to the fact that sh- that I've I've read his character before in comics. I've I've seen his character before in 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 movies and TV shows. I've I've enjoyed other media with the same kind of character. I just felt he was so unnecessary to the story tr- that they were trying to tell with this. See, I don't I don't see them, you know, the end result. I don't see them reaching the end result without him, though. That's the thing. Oh, so. I disagree wholeheartedly. I disagree entirely. You could have still had Trish continuously go off the deep end by taking stronger and stronger cases in terms of uh, killers or gang members or something to that effect until where she does take it too far and kill somebody. And then, and then you have Jessica kind of fighting her. You could have told that exact same story without him. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good use, you know? So I guess we'll That's just fine. have I'm to, not, I guess we'll I'm just not have saying, to agree to disagree and you can be well, wrong. Of and that's fine. Oh my God. <laughs> You're the worst. I really um, am. That being said, guys, and I have to make this clear, like he was again the thing that I didn't like about the show. What I liked about the show was uh Jessica Jones and Trish and um can't think of the other guy's name that Malcolm. Malcolm, thank you. I liked all of them. I don't. I still don't really like Hogarth's character. I fucking despise Hogarth. I would have loved to have seen her die because she does have a terminal illness. I wish that she would have just succumbed to that. Uh, but, you know, I kind of like how she gets her just desserts, knowing she's going to die bitter and lonely. And she's yeah. losing more control of her facilities or faculties every day. I like that. Uh, because she was just a despicable person, a real piece of shit. Yeah. And she destroyed people's lives in the name of her own self-interest. And, of course, she was hiding behind the law to do so as well when it wasn't inside of her own personal interests. So, yeah, she's a piece but, of shit. But my point is, is that from an, from a third-person perspective, you can still enjoy that piece of shit character because you know that they are a good written character. Oh, she absolutely and was. She didn't detract from the story at all in any means. I just, you know. I the- think she should have been, like, her entire line, like story, I think, was interesting to a point. But not, like. I don't think it should have gotten as much time as it got. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like, I felt like they almost went too much with it. <laughs> they really like, did. 
Yeah, like it's it's because her character is kind of boring. Her character's kind of boring, but she's not the focus by any stretch of the imagination. She's just there. The the crazy thing to me was that she was there. And she had her own plot thread, even though it, it, it mattered nothing to anything else. Like, Malcolm, Trisha's, and Jessica's all kind of intersected and interacted, and there was a catalyst between them that caused different drama things to happen. Well, the With fact her, that she is an attorney for, that Jessica works for, that Malcolm's now employed by, and, you know, his relationship with Trisha, now Trisha's got her own retainer. You know, his morality, she really fucked with his morality, and that's what I enjoyed about how he broke free of that and moved on from that and saw, you know what, I don't know who I am anymore, but I know I'm not this guy. I don't want to be this guy. You know, that was a cool thing to see. Um, But, yeah, Hogarth is just the worst. (laughs) I mean, I agree. She is the worst, but from a character-watching perspective, I think you can watch awful characters and still enjoy what they're trying to do. Or at least what the writers are trying to do. No, I enjoy what the uh, writers are trying to do. I didn't enjoy anything that the character herself was trying to do. But yeah, right. I, I, I appreciate point, yeah. how they wrote her. They made her truly despicable. And yeah. that I enjoy. They succeeded in that. Well done. Yeah, but, that's exactly my point. Like, But other than that, like, I think uh, the show definitely shines with, you know, Jessica and Trish. That's where most of your entertainment value is going to come from this, at least this whole show versus this whole season. Yeah. And if you look at it as a whole series, all three seasons on their own, that's really what it's been all about. It's been their relationship with each other. Yeah. Uh, from the get go. Yeah. So, but, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, give our final thoughts in a grade. You want to go first? I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, it wasn't, I didn't, uh, you know, I said it was a satisfying ending. It's a w- nice way to wrap everything up. I really like where the three main characters ended up in the end. Uh, I thought there were fitting endings for all three, uh, satisfying endings, you know, it could it have been a little bit better. Yeah. But, you know. After that stellar first season with David Tennant, it's really hard to live up to that. Overall, I'd give the series as a whole a B plus two. Last uh, season two being the weakest of the three, season one being the strongest. But as for an entry, uh, this was a pretty solid entry. I thought the characters were compelling and interesting and necessary. Uh, you don't, but that's okay. But yeah, B plus. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I'm going to give this, uh, this season a B minus. Um, there's a lot to enjoy, even if you do agree with me on, on the, the villain, quote unquote, uh, there's so much more to enjoy about the show and the villain is not a make or break for me. Um, it was just something I just didn't, I didn't think was as enjoyable as let's say Josh or other people might. Everybody um, else. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Uh, that being said, I, um, I enjoyed what they were doing with the show. I enjoyed the, the way that it was written and the way that it was structured and kind of how it ended was very nice and succinct. Um, 
I, uh, I thought it was fascinating how they basically try to add in different issues that happen in the real world while still making a compelling show. Um, it's, 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 it's very, it's very well structured in that. Uh, so that's, you know, it's, it's also a B minus is good. But again, I, I found that the villain to be boring. I found him to be contrived. So there was a lot of that, but, um, uh, as for the series as a whole, I want to give it a solid B. Um, I think, you know, you know, with season one being an A fucking plus series, like season. And then season two being a solid C. And then this one being a C, uh, B minus for me. Like a solid B is where this series lands, I think. Um, it's by far better than fucking Iron Fist. Uh, well, I'm season that, one of Iron Fist. <laughs> season two of Iron Fist was pretty damn good. It was better. <laughs> it was better than season one, but I would still argue that that even even Iron Fist season two is not better than any of the seasons of Jessica Jones. That's kind of where I'm landing on that. I think it may have been better than season two. Anyway, I agree to disagree. Um, it's okay. You can. Fuck Podcast <laughs> No, we're not doing another an episode. Um, Here we are. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, if you haven't watched any of the any of the Marvel series on Netflix, definitely check out Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Daredevil, um, and then Punisher. You can honestly skip Iron Fist. You really, I mean, I did try just, to watch season one, and I couldn't make it through three episodes. Season one was it's that bad. Rough. It's so but, rough. But, but season two, I enjoyed. Uh, the Defenders, I never even bothered. Defenders is really boring. Like, real fucking boring. That's a problem. That, that show's like, I'm like, they're like, we're not ever doing a se- second season of that show. I was like, good. Cause I don't know what the, the chemistry was off. The story was re- like weird. I, ugh. Yeah. Anyway. So that's Jessica Jones season three. The whole the whole fucking Marvel pantheon on Netflix is essentially over. But like I said, these characters exist in the MCU. They straight up do. And because of that, we might see them again in something else. They might show up in it like for all we know, there might be another, you know, quote unquote R rated show on or mature rated because it's TV. On on Hulu, you know, produced by Disney. That we'll get that aren't these characters, but they exist within, you know, Hell's Kitchen or somewhere around New York and they interact somehow. So, and I'm not just talking about like, I'm talking about all the characters introduced in these shows, like Foggy Nelson and, uh, Kingpin and, um, who else is still around that I'm drawing a blank on? Anyway, all those characters. <laughs> I was trying to think of characters from Iron Fist, but like I'm like, I don't remember any of the fucking friendly character names. <laughs> That's the problem. Oh, uh, Colleen Wing. Colleen Wing, or or fucking Rosario Misty Dawson's Knight. character, Misty yeah, Knight, and then yeah, Rosario Dawson. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you so know, we, who knows? Yeah, we could see them again. I think it's very possible in my mind that we'll see them again. 
Then again, you know, the MCU is different than the comics because in the MCU, characters, you know, will stay dead if the actor doesn't want to play them anymore. Or they'll stay old in some cases. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, we're going to move on to Dark. And we're going to probably need a whole 30 goddamn minutes to cover this. Oh, man. Way to begin. <sighs> so, well. we would normally do a synopsis. Uh, however, <laughs> it's kind of well, hard to cover a synopsis for this show. Well, the basic, the basic premise. Um, it's set in the German town of Winden. Um, and because of supernatural events, uh, children start disappearing and it brings to light the fractured relationships and double lives and dark past of four families living there and they span multiple generations. But somehow everything begins in June, actually June 21st of 2019 is the opening scene of season one. And oddly enough, that was the, you know, opening date of this season. I thought that was really cool. I did not catch that. That's actually really clever. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know. <laughs> what am, why am I saying that? Like, that, like anything this show does isn't clever. This show is well written. It's smart. It's, it's very, uh, you gotta pay really close attention to it. And it's One of the things fascinating. I to, one of the things I was trying to bring up about that whole paying attention thing is the show does not cater to people who don't want to pay attention. It does not it does not sit there and pander with like this is the date in which it takes place. If you're not paying attention to where the character is in time, you're gonna be lost straight. Yeah. Up. Because in the first season, it started out in twenty nineteen. One of the kids goes missing. Turns out he's gone back in time to nineteen eighty six. And he ends up growing up and becoming the father of one of his friends, uh, which was interesting, uh, you know. And then you see, you know, he commits suicide opening up in, in his first scene of season one. You see why he ended up committing suicide when he did in season two. And you're like, oh, shit, you know, this is the impacts of these characters and the time travel and how it's done. And now these new time periods have brought in in 1921 and 2052 and 2053. Uh, it's without spoiling it, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to talk about. So we're going to again, have to spoil again. a few things. That, well, that's that's the thing about this, guys. Seriously. From here on out, we are going to have to bring up spoilers because this show is not something that you want spoiled for you. Um, no, it's that much. That being said, that being said, we highly recommend watching season one and two. But if you have not, stop listening now. All right. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you listening. Stop listening now. Go watch season one and season two. Come back and listen to what, what our thoughts are, because we are going to have to talk about spoilers. This isn't a situation of, like, we can avoid spoilers. No, you we can't. can't. You can't. All you right. really can't with this show. We're going so, right. to give you five seconds. Four, three, two, one. All right. Now everything is on the table.
Okay. So, holy fucking shit. Nah. This season, what a ride, man. I want to I want to say something right now about this season versus the first season. Uh-huh. Um this show is definitely taking a very lost style route. Um and what I mean by that is they just kept adding shit to the fucking table. Over and over and over. Like every episode added something new. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And not in a like, bad way at all. Um yeah. No. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say it was in a bad way, but it was definitely in a very like almost convoluted way. Like the way that it was structured and written is very intentional and not convoluted. But there are moments where I was just like, okay, you're going down the fucking route of like too fucking much at once. Um like it was it was skirting that fucking line, Josh. Like very much so. I mean it can skirt a line, but I don't feel it crossed it. No, I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. That's what I'm saying, is that, like, the final scene in the final episode was definitely that line, like, them putting a toe over that line. Just yeah. kind of smiling at you, going, you told me not to, so now I have to. Boop. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Oh, by, by not only introducing multiple timelines, now you're looking at multiple dimensions. Well, I never thought that it was different timelines. I thought the whole show existed within the same timeline, just different eras. Um, I feel like she is from a different timeline, full on. Like she is from a not not dimension, different timeline. See, you know, you know what I'm saying? the way I've always looked at it is like, okay, you've got this time. Well, it's all the same timeline, yes, but from a different point in time. Yeah, I see what you're saying. This is like she's from, you know, another. You know, twenty twenty of another dimension, another world. Because it's always been the question isn't where, but the question has been when. And in this, she says, the question is not when, the question is what world. So that was a really interesting line thrown. And you that, can yeah, see it's me. obviously some from somewhere different because her her device that she has, the time machine that she has, is a completely different style. Uh, you know, yeah, it was like a ball. It was like a little orb. Yeah, yeah. Like my my one of the things about this show that I think is so important to to keep in mind when you watch it, if you're still listening and haven't watched it, I don't know what you're doing here. But if you haven't, um, one of the big things about this show to keep in mind is that um, there are a handful of characters that you have to pay super close attention to. Yes, while the rest, while the rest, you don't necessarily have to. Um, I would still recommend doing it, but yeah, I'd still recommend doing it. But I think everybody is pretty much essential at this point. Oh yeah, wholeheartedly. But my point is, like, like younger Claudia, you have to pay super close attention to to see exactly where she is in time. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to pay super close attention to young Adam. Okay, when you say younger Claudia, you are you referring to 1986 Claudia that runs the nuclear plant, or are you talking like yes? Okay, so. Regular Claudia, then. Because, uh, cause, yeah, because cause, cause old Claudia, she moves through time so freely yeah. that, and, and she's not a central focus, that it's kind of hard to figure out where she is, mm-hmm. unless, and, and nine times out of ten, she comes up to characters where you know what time they're in, so. Yeah. But, like, she's not as much of a thing that you have to put, like, in your mind outside of any scenes with her. Yeah. 
Like, at certain points, I had to be like, okay, when is Claudia? Yeah. Um, And uh, there are other characters that are very much like that. Like, again, Adam. Adam is a... Good lord, that guy. His fucking storyline is nuts. Do you think he is who he claims he is? Now, what do you mean by that? Uh, He claimed, when he's talking to the one character... He says, haven't you figured it out by now? And he unbuttons his shirt, and he's like, I'm you. Do you think he really is, or do you think he's just full of shit? And he's making him think that he is him. Good question. I didn't think about that. I was just kind of like, my brain was just like, holy shit, that's Adam? Like, yeah, that's fucking nuts. Like, I don't think he is who he claims to be. I think he is somebody who has what been if, prevalent in this story that hasn't been given a clear role yet. What what if and and I and I really enjoy this idea now that I'm thinking about it. What if Adam is from another universe? He's from or not a universe from another timeline. Like the like the girl at the end. What if from Adam another, has come to from the, another world, another dimension, whatever. Yeah, like what if he's come to this plane of existence uh to steal the god particle for his world? Maybe he, he's caused all this. Maybe, but I'm thinking, I'm not even thinking of that. I'm thinking, what if he is actually um, the young Tiedemann who is frustrated because Jonas ends up getting the girl and not him? You know what I'm saying? Like, his entire fucking character arc is because of a girl? I mean, stranger things have happened. Uh, not yet. It's the season hasn't come up yet. Um, <laughs> but that's. Uh, no, I mean, I, I get mean, what you're I saying. Mean, people just, have done dumber shit in the name of love. Um, no, no, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm but just no, saying, like, no, I, I'm not saying that's his whole motivation. His whole motivation uh, is to, you know, it seems to be stopping certain things from happening and making certain things happen, and. It's fascinating because it's like, okay, who's telling the truth? And maybe they're both telling the truth. Like, you know, old Claudia versus him. Well, she's wanting certain things to happen so her daughter survives. He's wanting certain things to happen so his love interest will survive. But he's wanting all the craziness to stop, just as Claudia's wanting all the craziness to stop. And it's just like, they're not working... Either one of them are working in the interest of the greater good. They're working for their own selfish reasons. And that's that's my point, is like, that's why I'm saying that Adam is actually from a different timeline, because he seems to have some kind of weird control over certain things. Like, the when, when uh, fucking um, uh, Noah shows up with a gun to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's just sitting there like, you think this is my time to die? And then he goes to fire the gun and it jams. And then he fixes the gun, fires it again, and it's not firing. And I'm just sitting there going like, there's something up with that. Like, it's not just fate. There's something more than just fate. Plus, I don't really like fate when it comes to timelines. I, I don't know why I hate it, but I hate it. So I don't want this, sh- I don't want to believe that this show f- follows fate. I don't want to believe that. I want to believe that there's something else. I might be totally wrong, and I might be following that that time travel style storytelling, but yeah, I don't know. I, I 
It's it's very fascinating, though. You know, uh, when season one ended, Jonas, uh, 2019, Teenage Jonas, was warped into the year 2052. Yep. Um, you see him spend two episodes in 2052, and he comes back. Uh, and he actually gets sent back to 1921. So he's like, oh, holy shit, what now? And that's where it got really interesting. I want to let our audience know, by the way, that when we're when we start to name off characters and it seems like I know what I'm talking about, it's because there's an, a little handy-dandy guy that Josh sent me. Yes, it shows who's who, so. But, <laughs> but yeah, he goes back to 1921, and he's like, okay, I've got to get back to my time. And he goes to the tunnels. He's trying to find the passage. The passage hasn't been built yet. He can't get out. It's like, oh, shit, how am I going to get out of here? And then you find out this Adam character in 1921, who is the leader of uh, all of these people, and they call themselves the Travelers. Um, they they uh, have a machine that can transport you to any date in time. And it's work, it works similar to the thing in the future that he used. Yeah, as I say, there are there are three forms of time travel that are used in this show. Uh, there is the the tunnels underneath the the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the actual briefcase time machine, and then there is the um, unstable blob in where the uh, power plant used to be. Yeah. Um, and these are used relatively frequently in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of movement of characters via time, and it's like, okay, can you let me breathe for a second? <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. Like, there's so much, there's so much that happens in this entire show that there, I, I'm sure there's things I missed. I 100% guarantee you, there's things I missed. Oh yeah. I will say it's really clever of the show to basically use um, the Hydron Collider to say, like, that's how they found the chemical that allows them to travel through time via, like, the god particle. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they discover, you know, the Higgs boson particle in, yeah. in, in the power plant. And they, they realized, oh, shit, that's what this is going to – this is going to be revolutionary. I really fucking like that. Like, oh, also, do you know the Sigmundus, the Travelers, their organization? Yeah. Uh, that symbol that you see them use. You know the tattoo that is on Noah's back. Yeah, that is the Emerald Tablet. That is a legitimate thing. That really exists. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it's one of it's it's the most famous of the alchemical text. It's wow. centuries old, and it seems to be of particular significance to time tra- the time travelers in this. Uh, that that which is below is like that which is above, and that which is above is like that which is below. Uh, could be interpreted as in a time loop, everything is interdependent. And then their their motto, what they named themselves, Sigmundus Create Assessed, th- thus the world was created, 
is that's the inspiration of the name of Adam's organization. Uh, huh. Yeah. But I was looking at that. I was like, holy shit, that's, you know, the Emerald Tablet. That actually exists in real life. Uh, the, the, the tattoo on his back, that was a 17th century depiction of the Emerald Tablet from the work of Heinrich Kuhnrath in 1606. Yeah. So Speaking of, speaking of that, um, there's something I want to commend this show for that I've, I've commended it for in the past, but it's very, very, very clever usage of when they time travel. Yeah. Due to the fact the show takes place in Germany, and it goes to the 1950s, and there's absolutely 100% no Nazi anything. Um, two things that I find that clever about that. First off, German shows in general cannot depict anything Nazi. Uh, it is literally a law. <laughs> and um, well, they hate the them. second thing... They hate them. They don't want to have anything to do with them. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's a shame on the whole country, so I get absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like, um, but what I was going to say, the reason I find it so clever how they did it in this show was that they legitimately went to the extent of, of going, well, we can't show that stuff. So the eras in which we go back in time go all the way around World War II. Completely around World War II. And one. Uh, 1921? I thought World War One was before 1921. I believe it ended right before. Unless my brain just not. But yeah, they. I mean, they made. It's references. just clever. It's just really, they, really fucking clever. They made it. references. Yeah, it was from 14 to 18. They made references to World War One actually because when Jonas goes back to 1921 and didn't have any understanding. People were like, oh, were you on the war? You know, because he's got the limp, he's got the gunshot wound. He's like, where were you stationed? He's like, uh, front lines in the east. You well, as, as as it is, it is his historical accuracy that Germany lost World War One. the the atrocities that were caused in World War II were not the same thing as Oh, no, no. It was shot, just so. set up to take place after each one, uh, the way the time travel works in this. Yeah. Which also, you know, of course, it's going the 33-year jumps from time period to time period. Like, in the tunnels, going that route, you can only, in the briefcases, you can only go 33 years forward or, back. forward or back from the point where you are. It's the same time of day or night, same location. It's just 33 years exactly either forward or back. Yeah. I just, I find I find that very clever how that's written, so. That's that's my point. Um, uh, what 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 also was uh, very interesting is this when season two picks up, eight months have gone by because season one took place all in November. Uh, now it's June, so you know eight months have gone by, and Ulrich's missing, Jonas is missing, uh, along with you know Mikkel, he's still missing. Child Mikkel is you know the dead. Yeah, was, and also. Also, the funny thing about Child Nickel, um, it was taking me a while to realize, like, because he looks, he looked very familiar to me. I was like, why does he look so familiar? I remember seeing that in season one, but he's, he's more, he's actually more prevalent in this show because they're, 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 they spend more time in the era in which she went back in time in mm-hmm. the 80s. Um, and I was like, why does he look so fucking familiar to me? He looks like a, uh, he looks like the, uh, the same kid that played Charlie in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or Uh-oh. technically, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. 
Like, like look at a picture side by side and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, they look very similar to the point where my brain was just like, eh, okay. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, this show is nuts. And, 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 and I have to stress this enough. Like, the thing about this show that was crazy to me was how, how different season two is to season one. Season one was a lot of like, where is Mickle? That was, that was the question. It was, it was, when is Mickle? Where is Mickle? The, the characters discovering certain things and it kind of being very central to the family, right? To those mm-hmm. two families, if you will. Well, four families, really, because it's, four, it's yeah. focused on four families. But it wasn't as intense. Like it, to me, it was just a, a very like fascinating drama that was pretty fucking localized. And season one ended with like, oh shit, he went, he went forward in time. Where at the at that point we had we had known three time eras, you know, in season one, it was present, past, and then further past. That was it. Um, and then we were like, oh, he went thirty three years in the future, and it's post apocalyptic. Uh-huh. Like shit's about to go crazy. And this show just went. Hold on, season season one was at like a four to five on this fucking thing, and now season fucking two is all the way up. Yeah, they've ratcheted it up to an eleven. It's nuts. And it's, it can be very, very difficult to follow. Again, cannot stress that enough. Do not fucking not pay attention. I, I thought season one was tough to follow sometimes. And I remember telling Josh when we watched season one was like, I play games sometimes watching these shows. Like I have it on my laptop while I'm playing a video. You flat out had to turn everything off and focus on the show. I remember. Yeah. I I just didn't even fucking attempt to do that with the show. I was like, nope, not watching Xbox off. So, uh, dude, like, it does so much so well. It's very clever. The relationships between the characters, how what they did when they were younger has affected their just whole view of each other. And, like, basically, you know, Hannah... Jonas's mom, she is the fucking worst. She is queen cunt of this fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Because I think if you take her out of the show, the show doesn't happen because of the things that True. she did. Um, she was a terrible, she is a terrible, terrible person. So as I was going to say, season two opens up. Jonas finds out in the future that. Everything ended with an apocalypse on June 27th, 2020. So he goes back, you know, to June 21st, 2020, and he's only got like six days to stop it. That's his goal. He's trying to stop the apocalypse from happening. And that's interesting because I guarantee you season three is going to debut on June 27th, 2020 next year. Because this year it debuted on June 21st, 2019, which was the original opening scene of the entire series. I guarantee you they do something like that. <clears throat> but uh yeah. he's trying to stop this apocalypse from happening. And everything's tense. There's a secret investigator that's arrived in town. He's trying to put a rest, uh put an end to these uh disappearances, you know, investigate why these people are disappearing. Because now Helga's disappeared, old man Helga. Well, he was killed in 86. Nobody knew who he was. Killed by, you know, 
his counterpart, actually, in an accident, automobile accident. You know, Ulrich's been missing. Turn, come to find out he's stuck in a fucking psychiatric facility in 1953, 54. Uh, and you find out in 86, he's still there. As an in, you know, he's been in an insane asylum for 30, 34 fucking years in 87. Yeah. Uh, and he actually breaks out and finds Mickle, you know, and he shows him the fucking, the little cup trick. And he's like, it's not a matter of how I did it, but when I did it and Mickle realized it was him and that reunion, he's like, Oh my God, my dad's here. My dad came for me to 1986, 87. He's going to take me home. And then only to get pulled away from him and locked back up. That was some brutal shit. That's crazy. Hold on. Time out. Go back just a little bit here. So in that scene where older Yorick is sitting with Mickle, Mm -hmm. what was the dialogue that you read? Because I think it's different than what they dubbed it as. Oh, uh, he showed him By the, the way, cups. Guys, he showed him the cups, and he's like, "It's not." He's like, "How'd you do that?" It's not how I did it; it's when I did it. See, that's not what I what they did. That's not how they said it. They showed the cups, and it was like that was a realization of like the truth or whatever. And then the lines that they that they dubbed were, uh, "Um, it's not where we would meet up again; it was when we'd meet up." Hmm. By the way, guys, uh, with season one, I watched it. I, I tried to watch it dubbed. If you listen to our review of that, uh, season one is it was a bad dub. It was a really bad dub because there was a strike going on at the time, and uh, you could tell a lot of it was done over like a phone or something to that effect. So it was it was it was very rough. Um, but I continued <sighs> watching the whole thing just in case it got better or something to that effect. Well, Josh watched it subtitled. Yep, and I thought to myself, German. like, right. So I thought to myself, like, what if I watch it? What if I watch season two dubbed? Maybe it'll be better. Holy crap, is it a thousand times better? Like, the acting is fucking top notch. Everything sounds fucking great. Like, I was very, very pleased and happy with with season two's dubbing. Very happy. So. But uh, yeah, that's interesting how they changed that. They changed that a little bit. I mean, it doesn't take away the. I could be. I could impact. be quoting it wrong. Oh. You know, I'm not oh. reading it directly off of the. You know, I, I could be quoting it wrong. It was just when you said that, I was like, I was like, that's not what I heard. That's interesting. I mean, it's not uncommon for dubs to change, like, the the wording so that way it fits better with mouth, <sighs> but. Well, this is I, this is something that I don't feel like they would need to change anything because, you know, just changing, even changing something the way it's worded like that, so a subtlety like that could really throw some shit off, you know, with a mistranslation. But, true. but yeah, like Hannah being the worst kind, you know, older Jonas from the future, you know, he shows up and he's like, Mom, it's me. And she's like, but where's my Jonas? He's like, well, he's stuck in the future, but I'm here, and I'm going to make things right. And he shows her the time machine, takes her back in time to show her that Mickle was really, you know, her husband in the present and his dad, you know. That realization on her end was very rough to watch, only because, like, 
It's sad. It's really fucking yeah, sad. Yeah, it really was. But then, you know, she's angry as fuck. She's been jilted. She's angry as fuck. She takes Jonas's time machine and goes to 1954, rubs fucking Ulrich's nose in it and saying, oh, um, I don't need you. And she's like, no, that's not my husband. And she's telling Egon Tiedemann, yeah, I lost everything where I'm from. I'm here to start my wife anew. Now she's back in 1954, and who knows what this crazy bitch is going to do. She is batshit insane. Yeah. that That's going to be a fantastic fucking plot thread in season three, I think. Yeah. Then again, they could completely fucking throw us a huge wrench and just be like, almost none of what you've seen matters because the actual plot has to do with a different timeline entirely. It's a possibility. I wouldn't put it past them, but... I knew it, what I it's, it's, that's it's why been I'm a fascinating it thing to watch and unfold, and I'm really excited about season three because they have confirmed, yes, we have been renewed for a third season. Yes, season three will be our last season. We are telling a definitive story. It was set up to be three seasons and no more. So they'll get eight to ten episodes again. They had ten season one, eight season two. I'm hoping to get a full ten in season three. If they need it, but if they can tell it, Nate, I'm also fine with that. But I want to see a complete and total finality to it because it's been a wonderful, incredible story. But hey, how about uh, the whole reason that this apocalypse occurs? The whole reason it occurs is because of a mother and daughter reunion. 33 years separated. Or would you say a mother-mother reunion? Or a daughter-daughter reunion? How's that for some crazy shit? Yeah. It's like, I mean, one of the things they bring up in the show is, you know, the bootstrap paradox. Where an atom from the future is introduced into the past. And then, because it's introduced into the past, is how it becomes to exist in the future. It's the reason for its own origin to the point where its origin is lost in time and nobody knows how it came about. This is the same thing just with these two characters. Yeah. That's insane. It's like one cannot exist without the other and vice versa. So... That was that was that was some pretty uh, mind blowing shit. Well, it's it's, in, it's interesting that they went that route with the with that whole situation because it it, it the show was leading to a point where that wasn't going to be the case. I think is why it was so surprising. Like, there's so many moments in the show where paradoxes don't exist, but here was one case where they do, and it causes a problem to an extent. To an extent, it's more nuanced than that, but... Um, yeah, it's definitely nuanced. Yeah, fucking dude. Like, you told me Misty had a, uh, like, she she had, like, a... Dude, her, her brain melted. We had to mop it up off of the fucking floor and funnel it back into her ears. I, I legitimately, like, I... Almost there. It was almost there. I think that's why this season is going to sound terrible, Josh, and I don't mean it to sound bad, but it's not as much fun to watch as the first season was, or as, as I didn't enjoy it as much because it was going 
way too much towards that convoluted route. Um, again, skirted the line, but never went going over. Uh, there was so many different things, and the time travel was such a a much, much, much bigger component this season than last season. And the show only had eight episodes. It had two less in the first season. Mm-hmm. But it felt like there was just so much more. The the pace it definitely like, picked up. I'll put it this way. So if you've ever played the, the Metal Gear Solid games, mm-hmm. it, this season felt like if you had played uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, and you were like, that was a tight, succinct story that, you know, had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it was fine. And then you go and play, like, two and three back-to-back, mm-hmm. and you're confused by things. You're like, well, wait, when, when, what era is this? Like, this is not the character I've been playing. Yeah. Um, that's how this season feels. Um, that's fair. Uh, and, and it's not because, like, again... Two and three are not bad fucking uh, Metal Gear Solid games. No. They're just more convoluted and more, uh, uh, I don't want to say plot-driven, but definitely <laughs> realm of plot-driven than, than, than the first game. Because um, everything's starting to connect. Everything's starting to become more than it was before. And, oof. It's, it's a thing. But, yeah, I don't know. We should definitely give a grade and... and uh, in the podcast before I turn into a Misty. Well, you go ahead and give it your grade first. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid A. Um, uh, I know I gave last season an A+, but because this season had a few things in it that were, I think, definitely in the realm of what I didn't like about Lost, um, but still having a very compact and tight, clearly, like, like an, an idea of exactly where they want to go with the show and knowing an exact path, which is, I think helped a lot where lost didn't have that. Um, uh, and, and it not being convoluted, but almost being convoluted. Like it was just kind of like that moment of like, well, what, what am I actually watching here? And there are a few moments that are like that, but overall, if you concentrate on a handful of characters and study where they are and understand what's going on with those characters, you kind of pick up the pieces of the other characters on the outside and, and things are a little bit easier to follow. But, um, this season is definitely a fucking, like you're going to be exhausted after episodes because there's so much information being thrown at you, but that's great. That's fine, because, again, the writers are clever. They know what they're doing. They know where they want these characters to go, and they're they're being very smart about how the story is being told. There are certain elements of the show, certain story parts that are already done. They're technically already told, but we don't know what the ending of that is because it's not being told to us as the audience. That, to me, is fucking rad. We can see the fucking steps that are leading towards this ending that other characters happen to know or but we're not being told or that. claim to know or claim to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really enjoy that. There's, there's still a mystery that I feel like is going to be solved. And I, I fucking, I think that's really fucking cool and really clever. So, 
Um, but yeah, it, it's not it's 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 not what I loved about the first season. It's, it almost feels like a different show. Um, but it's still an amazing show regardless. So that's why it gets a an A instead of an A plus. What about you, Josh? Oh, I'm gonna I'm uh, echoing the first season. A plus. <laughs> this show I knew, is yeah. I knew you're I knew you're gonna give it an A plus. Phenomenal. I love this show. It's so difficult for me to talk about this show without spoiling things. But it is so good. I want people to experience it as taint-free as possible, you know, when it comes to spoilers. I mean, yeah, we we reveal a few things in this, but for the most part, we tried very hard not to. But the the setup and the structure and the scope, the scope's gotten bigger. You know, there was more focus put on you know, some different characters since older versions of different characters were wiped out uh, or not focused on this season or younger versions of certain characters were not focused on this season. It allowed, like, more characters to be focused on. Like Magnus, I really enjoyed his and his sister's development in this season compared to last season. Uh, And, you know, uh, I just, the, the focus and where they're going and where this story is going to lead us overall, ultimately, it's an exciting thing to behold. And, you know, don't be ashamed if you have to watch it two or three times. Uh, or if you watch an episode and it's just like, oh my God, I need to sit down or and if, process or- this. Or as I say, to go to a further extent, like you watch the whole season and then you watch like other people's recaps of what happened and you're piecing together based on like a community sort of thing. Don't feel bad about that either. Because guess who also had to do that? (laughs) Oh, did you? Dude. Yes. (laughs) There were things I was just like, wait, I don't understand. So I just watched, I just watched a YouTube video. Oh man. I'm fascinated by shit like this. And there's the thing that I, I, the thing I do in my mind uh, with shows like this um, that I think helps a lot is I create a timeline for one character. I create a, a, a path that they that they took that helps me like kind of follow what's going on. Because that's the thing about this show is this, most time travel things involve one or two characters. This is like, hey, did you want 18 characters traveling through time? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. So, there's just a lot. There's just a lot in this show. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, something that's interesting, um, at one point, Future Jonas says the only people that survive are left in that bunker, or no, past Noah tells Future Jonas that the only people that survive are going to be in that bunker unless you save this set of people. He saves that set of people. So he's, so we do know the ones that are safe are 1987 versions of Claudia, uh, 2020 version of Regina, who was ravaged with cancer and chemo treatments, uh, and 2020 versions of Peter Doppler and his daughter Elizabeth, the, and, and the 1921 Noah. They're the only ones in that bunker. Now, we know that. Hannah is in 1954, 
and present day 2020 Jonas was in the house and he was rescued by this Martha from another world, or as she said. But what about Katerina, uh, Ulrich's wife? She was in the tunnels and she opened the passage right as the apocalypse started to happen. She might be safe. Yeah, there's 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 quite a few questions that remain. Like, and I don't mean like a couple. Like, oh, what about this? Like, there's a lot that needs to be fucking covered in season three. Oh yeah, and um, I'm I'm interested to see where it's going. And we know I'm, there so I'm are. Saying, like, I really hope. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I think there are five or six known time travel devices at the end of this yeah. season. The one in uh, nineteen. The one in nineteen twenty one. Oh, the, one the devices 20- themselves, sorry. Yeah, the one in 1921, the one in the future in 2053. I was thinking methods for some reason. Uh, the the tunnels were, the passage in the tunnel was unsealed uh, as a result of the actions of this season. Because remember, at the end of season one, future Jonas sealed those passageways. Now they've become yeah. unsealed so they can be traveled through again. That's why I think Katarina is well, going to be okay. I think she I was got like, they don't even exist. They don't even exist in 1921. Yeah, they hadn't been built yet. But now they're back. Um, and then there was the briefcase one that Future Jonas had that Hannah stole. The briefcase one that Bartosz had that was given to him by Noah. And the briefcase one that... There was a third one. The original that was built by Tana House who 87 Claudia has that one and she has it in the bunker. Yeah. And then that other world version of Martha, who's got the little sphere. So there's six, six that we know of definitive ways to time travel. And some have them in their possession. Some don't. So I'm really interested to see what season three beholds. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely interested to have some of these questions answered, uh, to see if there's any fucking questions that they propose in the beginning of season three that they I don't know, there's there's a lot. There's a lot to fucking unpack. And and I'm 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 excited that they're getting us a final season or well, a third season, and I'm excited that it's going to be the final season, so that way we can finish off the show. But uh yeah, I think it's definitely it's 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 definitely a a gem that I don't think has gotten the popularity and coverage that it deserves. Oh, absolutely! Uh, like I love Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things, but it deserves the attention Stranger Things has. Absolutely, and it's not getting that. Absolutely. Uh, go out of your way to watch this show. It's one hundred percent worth it. It's one of the best shows I have watched. Not only since we've been doing this podcast, but this is one of the best shows I've ever watched, period. Uh, you can throw <laughs> Good Omens into that category. You can throw Altered Carbon in that category. Stranger Things in that category. Man, this, when are we getting a fucking season two of Altered Carbon? Yeah, yeah it's it's filming. Um, probably next year when it drops. But, yeah, this, oh, this, show, is, this show is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Speaking of stranger right, things, yeah, I was like, we got we are gonna wrap up this episode because we got I got I got to get going soon. But um, guys, we are going to uh, for next uh, for the next 
review episode, <laughs> uh, we're going to be watching Stranger Things Season 3, which premieres uh, July, July 2nd. I- July 3rd, isn't it? Uh, something like that. It's close. Next week. Um, it's definitely, like, right before 4th of July. Um, that's the whole point, because that's when it takes place, apparently. Um, and we're going to watch a show on Amazon Prime that I'd heard about before. Apparently, it's really funny and really, really well done, called Fleabag. Uh, there's two seasons, uh, six episodes apiece. Uh, very, very, uh, quick watch, but, um... Uh, yeah, we couldn't really find anything else. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, let's do, let's do a yeah, show we haven't done It comes before, out so. on July 4th. Also, July 4th? The, also okay. the Switch game debuts on July 4th, too. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. I'll see if I can't buy that with my next paycheck. But, um, uh, yeah, so season three of Stranger Things and then Fleabag season one and two. Uh, but yeah, guys, that's going to be it for us. Um, Josh, where can they find you online? Well, Along with this podcast, which we thank you guys for listening to, and uh, you can catch me uh, every Friday night on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show called MPSP Theater, uh, where me and my friends discuss various uh, news topics and other things in the pop culture and entertainment uh, realm. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, those, those, uh, accounts are public on my Facebook profile, which is a public profile. You know, you can just go there and follow me at those links if you want to. But also starting Monday, yeah, this Monday, July 1st, I'm going to be doing my annual Final Fantasy V Four Job Fiesta charity marathon event. Uh, when I say marathon, it's not going to be like a 24 hour marathon. It's going to be, a two-month marathon. This is going to run from Jan- July 1st to August 31st. I'm giving myself two months to play through this game in an attempt to raise money for Child's Play Charities. Uh, Child's Play Charity. Uh, you can follow me on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash nsabanur76. Uh, there will be a link in the description. That's going to start at... I'm wanting to say 2 p.m. Monday. I may change that start time because I'm I'm only going to stream about four or five hours per day, but I'm not going to stream every single day because I will have to do a lot of off-stream grinding uh, in some instances. And But I will be streaming at least four days a week, each week. Um, but the times and the schedule will be posted on my Twitch channel. There'll be links. Uh, You can donate directly to Child's Play on my Twitch channel. And I'm really excited. This is my third year in a row doing this charity. My first year, I'm a small streamer. So my first year, my goal was to raise 100 bucks. I raised 103. Last year, I wanted to double it, and I legit raised 206. This year, I want to break at least 350. I would love to do more than that, and we'll see. You know, I've got some great prizes lined up. Uh, some of it is stuff that I have painted myself, like miniatures that I've painted that are Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy themed. Uh, and I've got some wonderful friends who are contributing artwork uh, to be uh, prizes given away as donation incentives. So, yeah, those will be filtering in over the coming weeks, and I'll be talking about those and posting more information about those as they come. 
But that's what I've got going on and how you can follow me. What about you, Greg? Where can they find you? Uh, you can literally search Chub Rock Geek. You'll find my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook. Um, you'll find my Twitter or my Twitch account. Um, speaking of Twitch account, uh, Josh and I will be uh, <laughs> hanging out with maybe ho- maybe some friends will join us. But uh, we're going to be doing some Jackbox on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So tomorrow, technically, if you're listening to this live or like when it releases. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, we've been trying to get that, like, going fairly often, but life gets in the way. Um, but yeah, Jackbox, Jackbox tomorrow night, if you can join us, uh, that's on my Twitch channel, which is Chub Rock Geek again. Um, also, uh, this is gonna sound really strange, uh, Mario Maker 2 is coming out next week. And, no, tonight. What am I fucking doing with my brain? It comes out tonight, the, the timing of this recording. When you're listening to this, I'll already be playing the game. But my point is, is if you have levels you've created that you want to send me, um, do so via my Twitter account. Just, uh, tag me, um, with the, uh, the code to the level you created and we'll, uh, it'll be fun times. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. But, uh, oh, other than that, yeah, I do a podcast with my friend Anthony, um, uh, called Mission Star Podcast, where we talk about gaming news every week. Uh, we've actually taken a little bit of a break, uh, two, uh, two week break because, uh, well, <laughs> sometimes shit can be exhausting, so we're just taking a break. But, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. I think that's it, guys. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, guys, follow us on, on Twitch so that way you can keep up with us doing fun shit. Including, but not limited to a uh, a Ford Fiesta run. Um, Ford Job Fiesta run. <laughs> I said Ford Fiesta oh. just because I wanted to be a dick. Oh, well, I just thought you said four. No, Ford Fiesta. Man, my run's going to be hard because I saw. Oh, I know, I know. You told me. Uh, that's why I'm giving myself two months to do it. Well. How how do you choose the jobs again? Just randomly? Well, normally it's a random thing. You you tweet to a bot, and the bot assigns you a job. Like in the game, you have to acquire four crystals, and the crystals give you jobs. And in the game, you can choose any of those jobs that the crystals allow. Like the first crystal, it allows for like six different jobs to be chosen. Then the second crystal allows for four or five more, and the third crystal allows for like five more. And the last crystal gives you like six more. So there's like 22 jobs in all. But I signed up for a classic run, which means I can only use one of the the original six jobs from the first Final Fantasy game, meaning either a knight, a thief, a monk, or a red, white, or black mage. And... Turns out, with a classic run, you can get more than the same job assigned once. So I'm using one black wizard and three monks. That's going to be very difficult. So I'm going to have to do mad level grinding <laughs> to have a chance. Fucking funny. Yeah. What I would honestly uh, uh, recommend, Josh, just because uh, who the fuck cares about a VOD, um... You could do uh, either your own like music in the background or something like that, so that way it's not too quiet on the stream. Well, I'm always talking. Do a, I'm always talking on the stream. Well, I know, but 
to have a little bit of background noise in the back. No, uh, no. Well, the game the game has its own music, and the music's good. All right, fine. Don't listen to my goddamn advice. But I also voice the characters. Because it is an RPG, so I'm always reading shit or talking. Not that anyone asked you to, but, you know. Well, I didn't care. What may I ask her? <laughs> they'll get God. it. They'll get it. They'll like it. Or they'll dislike it. It doesn't matter, because I'm still doing it. Okay. Anyway, guys, now that you had to hear that. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and end it there, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us every single week. I do, anyway. We'll be back next week. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know about it. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, uh, another episode of Uninhibited, um, where Josh and I have a, a nothing planned to talk about. We just shoot the shit for an hour and a half. Uh, but I love doing that podcast. Like, it's super fucking fun to do. Oh, yeah. Nice to just have a conversation. But if you want to join us for that, again, Uninhibited next week. Um, but uh, in the next two weeks, Stranger Things Season 3, Fleabag Season 1 and 2. Uh, follow us on... All the social medias. We have an Instagram, which is, uh, all cute up, all underscore cute up, cute underscore podcast. Wait, I'm doing that wrong. It's okay. Anyway, it's all cute up podcast with underscores in between each word. There you go. Um, follow us on, on Twitter, which is, uh, at cute up podcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook, which we have, uh, a, a fan page and we have a, a discussion group, which you are welcome to join. Which, again, as we say every fucking week, we need to be more active on and we're just not. Um, I am massively guilty of that. Um, but yeah, join us on all that stuff. Uh, we can, we can discuss shows that we've watched and maybe you can tell me or Josh why I'm wrong. Uh, what we were wrong about something. No, it's, it's why you're wrong. That's, that's the show that I do on Mission Star. Oh. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, but yeah, that's uh yeah, again, thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time. Take care everybody.